Hello everybody. Hello, very nice to see you. Hello and welcome. It's Sunday, Sunday morning, and we Kensington Unitarians are meeting once again, bringing all of ourselves to this House of the Spirit, knowing that together we create the whole. Bringing together the, the many possibilities of what it means to be human. Just clearing some chairs there for people. Here, there is no need to pretend that, that we are anything other than we are. Here, we're encouraged, encouraged rather, to understand all of who we are and to tell our stories, our unique experiences of life to one another that we might know that we, each of us, are truly welcome here in this world, just as we are. It's good to be together here in this place, a place made holy by our presence here. So let's take a moment now to settle ourselves, to take a breath, and as we breathe out, Allow ourselves to be fully present in this moment, gathered here with one another. And our chalice flame is lit, this symbol of our Unitarian community here in London, throughout the United Kingdom and those in other lands who share our commitment to a free and responsible exploration of faith. This day, may its light shine out in gratitude for all the connections that we have, one with another, here in this community now, with people in our lives, and you might wish to think of them, in groups, in choirs, in families and neighbourhoods, in colleges and offices, in friendship, in kinship, in work relationships, and all the so many ways that we humans connect with one another. One people, one human race. So this month's ministry theme is birth and, and Christian communities are in the midst of the time of Advent with its message of waiting in expectation for the unknown to emerge. And our Jewish community, Beit Klal Yisrael, are celebrating their festival of Hanukkah, which ends tomorrow, a festival that shares some of that Christian story's deep symbolism about the, about the vulnerable finding strength to overcome oppression. And it says here on the um, programme now, the order of service, that we have a story um, about us all being born free. But in fact, well, is this a story? Is it not? It's a true, it's a true story. Tomorrow will be the 70th anniversary of the signing of the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights. 30 rights and freedoms that still to this day form the basis of all international human rights law. And many of us are painfully aware that we're still a long way away from ensuring that these rights can be everybody's rights. And we know, don't we, that any kind of 
legal terminology can get quite complex. But let's all stay alert to any time when we hear the term human rights used negatively, because behind that may lurk the viewpoint that some people are better than others, more worthy than others, and that some people don't need to be treated as equals. Surely we can remember what stains upon our humanity such thinking can lead to. So thank you to Enya and Greta who are going to read out some chosen pieces of this human rights declaration. We're all born free and equal. We are all born free. We all have our own thoughts and ideas. We should all be treated in the same way and these rights belong to everyone, whatever our differences. The right to life. We all have the right to life and to live in freedom and safety. No slavery. Nobody has the right to make us a slave. We cannot make anyone our slave. We're all equal before the law. The law is the same for everyone. It must treat us all fairly. No unfair detainment. Nobody has the right to put us in prison without a good reason to keep us there or to send us away from our country. The right to trial. If we are put on trial, this should be in public and we are innocent until we are proven guilty. The right to privacy. Nobody should try to harm to trump, uh, to harm or good name. Nobody has the right to come in our home, open our letters or bother our family without a good reason. Freedom to move. We all have the right to go wherever we want in our own country and if we travel. The right to, to seek a safe place to live. If we are frightened of being badly treated in our country, we all have the right to run away to another country to be safe. Marriage and family. Every grown-up has the right to marry and have a family if they want to. Freedom of thought. We all have the right to believe in what we want to believe, to have a religion or to change if we want. Freedom of expression. We all have the right to make up our own minds, to think what we like, to say what we think and to share ideas with other people, so long as we don't hurt other people. Social security. We all have the right to afford housing, medicine, education and childcare. Enough money to live on and medical help if we are ill or old. Workers' rights. Every grown-up has the right to do a job, to, to a fair wage for their work and to join a trade union. The right to play. We all have the right to rest from work and to relax. The right to education. Education is a right. Primary schools should be free. We should learn about United, the United Nations and how to get on with others. A fair and free world. There must be proper order or so we can all enjoy rights and freedom in our own country and all over the world. Responsibility. We have a duty to other people and we should protect their rights and freedoms. No one can take away your human rights. Thank you, you two, very much indeed. No one can take away our human rights. And let's, let's focus together now um, in this time of reflection and prayer. And it's an opportunity to give thanks for the United Nations, for its Declaration of Human Rights, with all its aspirations to establish a world community of equality and justice. May our world leaders align themselves with its aspirations. 
rather than working for their own self-interest. May they be truly inspired to work for the greater good. Let us, in a quiet moment, direct our own inspiration towards those who lead. We know that the cause of equality is not easy. Let us in this shared stillness become aware of our own failings in our dealings with others. For who amongst us does not judge the other at times and find them wanting? Let us be honest about our own challenges in accepting others as they are and in allowing others to be themselves when they are different from us. And in a closing few moments of silence, I invite you to direct your care and concern to the people and the places you know to be in need this day, including those parts of yourself. I'm probably not the only one here who finds the Quaker teaching that there is um, something of God in everyone and everything, a valuable way to view this world, something of God, something of the divine in, in all. A, a sense of a divine spark, if that makes sense to you, a seed of potential within everyone and everything. And if we view existence in that way, then surely everyone and everything is worthy of our respect and attention. Even the people I find difficult, or, or maybe particularly the people I find difficult. And this teaching does not mean that we invite everyone to come and stay with us forevermore. We need healthy boundaries and good sense, but it does mean we watch out for our judging minds, our tendency to distance ourselves from the other, from all that we find difficult in our rich tapestry of a world. So this, this reading really appealed to me because it, it, it's written by Father Austin F Fleming and it's called Teach Us to Look for You and it's, it's about this idea of finding that divine spark everywhere. Thank you. Spirit of the living God, Turn our faces to the east to look for your presence. 
Turn our faces in any and every direction from which you draw near to us. Teach us to look for you in places we would not expect to find you. Teach us to find you in places so well known to us that we now fail to see you there. Help us to see you in every guest we entertain. Let the beauty of a rose of any bloom reveal your presence to us. Let every bird who wings across the sky above remind us of the freedom that is ours. Let every star in the heavens be a light in the darkness of our lonely nights. Never let us forget that you are love and that those who abide in love abide in you. Teach us to look east, sweet mystery, and north and south and west, that we might find you in every place we look, including within ourselves. Amen. So we're going to uh, enter a kind of meditative time now. Um, there are a few words to guide us into the meditation and then we'll hold a good few minutes of stillness and silence together and that will come to an end with a chime from our bell. So do whatever works for you to settle yourself. Maybe just be aware of yourself resting on the chair, on the earth. Feet on the floor, maybe, maybe focusing on the candles or softening your gaze, whatever works for you, following the rhythm of your own breathing. We, uh, we heard of the inspiration that can be found in the natural world, of the thoughts that might arise as, as we stand before the might of the oceans. So in this stillness, I invite you to consider, if you wish, your sources of inspiration. The places, the, the people, and experiences that, that encourage fresh ideas in you. The world of music and the arts, perhaps. Particular activities you enjoy certain causes or groups perhaps what are your sources of inspiration let's rest in companionable stillness now for a good few minutes a time that will end with a chime from our bell
that, um, that hymn we've just sung, Life is the Greatest Gift, it's got um, such an optimistic message, hasn't it? It, it? it comes from what I feel is a long-gone era now, where it really did seem as if us human beings were, were the pinnacle of creation that we could harness the powers of nature, that the power of the human mind could indeed transcend all difficulties. And now, in, in our 21st century world, we understandably have a, a more nuanced view, don't we, of our human abilities, as our levels of consumption risk life itself here on our shared planet Earth home. And as we struggle with economic systems that seem to be in charge of us rather than the other way around, being in charge of them. But, but if there's one take-home message in this service, I'd still say, let's celebrate our remarkable human powers of creativity and our potential to be co-creators and responsible co-creators with the very powers of creation itself. However, we perceive that source of creation, an infinite power, a source of all that is. So we are co-creators, I'd say, both for good and ill. We have the ability to shape life here on Earth and, uh, and indeed shape the Earth itself. There is a potential for creativity within each and every one of us, and that potential can be harnessed and focused and used constructively. And it can also be used wrongly, can't it? Haven't all of us known our thinking to become twisted at times, especially perhaps when we keep our ideas to ourselves or when we share our ideas only with those who share our particular views, our little group, our tribe. Well, we can easily convince ourselves then that our thoughts are right and therefore, well, everybody else's thoughts are wrong. So what principles might we apply if, if, you know, to help us assess if, if thoughts are indeed worthy of us and worthy of our humanity? Well, maybe that simple test of Will this idea, will this thought actually improve things for other people? Have I remembered to think beyond my own self-interest today? Have I considered others? Does this idea, this thought, this way of thinking and being, does it move humanity forward in some useful way, however small? This week, as I've been reading more about the United Nations and the Declaration of Human Rights, I've kept coming back to that notion of a, an idea whose time has come. And, and I think a look back through history can highlight some key moments in human development where starting with the thoughts of just a few people who are prepared then to put ideas into action, the rest of us start to catch on and change comes. And the idea that all people are born equal and free is one such idea. And we might say that this is an idea for our era because although we have it enshrined in law, we now of course realise that bringing such an idea into reality, it's a far greater task, isn't it? It's a task we are a long, long way away from achieving, even in our relatively benign circumstances. 
I don't know about you, but when I heard the abridged version of the human rights, the 30 articles that um, Enya and Greta read out, I felt some shame about our own society and what a long way we have got to go to actually properly enact those articles. But, but let's not allow difficulties to limit our aspirations. I, I think it's so much better to recognize the infinite potential within each of us. I mean, let's, let's work, as Eleanor Roosevelt so powerfully suggests in the quote on the front of the orders of sheet, service sheet today. Let's work at the personal, the local level, our own personal spheres of influence. She, she writes, Eleanor Roosevelt writes, where after all do universal human rights begin? In small places, close to home, so close and so small that they cannot be seen on any maps of the world. It starts in our personal relationships. It starts in our attention to our own ways of thinking. There is a world waiting to be within each of us. Ideas waiting to be explored and expressed. Our own unique take on this strange and wondrous thing called life. And I'm grateful to be uh, sharing that exploration with all of you. Amen. When, when we are creative, we help the unknown to become visible. We help the unknown to be seen and the rich darkness within us to become illuminated. So in these darker days of December, let us, let us nourish the world that is waiting to be, waiting to be within us. Let's allow ourselves some quiet times for ideas to bubble and new thoughts to emerge. And if we ever find ourselves thinking that we know what's what, let's give a gentle laugh and remember the great and wondrous mystery in which we live and move and have our being. Amen. Go well and blessed be.